Before we jump into this episode, let's hear from our friend Joseph and the Cognitive Discourse. Why, hello there. I'm about to make a prediction. And that prediction is, you like podcasts. If that's true, then make your way over to the Cognitive Discourse, where we have monologues, short stories, and open discussions. And every now and then I get a little ranty. If this sounds like something you're interested in, then go check us out. We're streaming on all major platforms, and hell, we're even on YouTube. New episodes out every Friday. I hope to see you there. Matthew Thomas. This is Super Cool Radio. Got a great guest in store for you guys for episode 114 of season two. He is Patrick, the lead vocalist of Nine Stitch Method, the lead vocalist of South of Clarity, and the lead vocalist of Seed. Plus, he owns Brutal Business Entertainment, really great record label out of Pennsylvania. Gonna have a great conversation with him talking about all things Brutal Business, Nine Stitch Method, Seed, South of Clarity, and some new releases by Brutal Business Entertainment. Check all that out in this episode. Before we jump into this episode, I'm going to feature Corridor by Nine Stitch Method. Enjoy.
have a great guest with me at this time. Check this out. He is the vocalist of Nine Stitch Method, the vocalist of Seed, and the vocalist for South of Clarity, and the owner of Brutal Business Entertainment. Please welcome Patrick McElvery. Did I say that right? Close enough. Okay. I'll like give you an example. I like how you told me before and I still messed it up. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, you still did it better than a lot of people do, so... Good. Uh, yeah. Um, well, that's good. I have a very easy name, so I don't have to. <laughs> I don't have to worry about people messing it up. So, but thank you for hanging out, man. Glad we're off to a great start. <laughs> Thanks for having me, man. Great to be here. <laughs> All right. So now we got much to chat about as we kind of discuss setting this interview up. Uh, so I kind of want to just start at the beginning. Uh, I know you kind of did a similar interview with similar questions with uh, Zach, but uh, I think. Definitely, to, to for my audience who may, who is new to uh, you and uh, Brutal Business, uh, how'd you get started as a musician? Uh, music's kind of always been in the blood, uh, both sides of my family growing up. Um, very, very, very different sides. My dad's side was very much of the uh, old school country, Grand Ole Opry, uh, you know, bluegrass and whatnot, where my mom's side was more like the rock and roll and whatnot growing up, uh, hip hop and all that stuff. It was just one of them things that was always around me, always had a knack for it, um, had an ear and everything. It just it's always been there. Always been there. Right, right on. I know uh so you I believe you started on guitar, I want to say, if my notes are yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Uh been a guitarist, uh started messing around with it when I was like nine and ten. And then I really wanted to get serious with it, but I want to say I was seventh grade at the time. Uh, no, 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 no. It would have been, it would have been closer to, it would have been around like when I was 13 or 14, I'm going to say, but um, I, I tried doing sports and whatnot. And it was one of them things. My parents were like, well, you know, you got to prove to us that you're going to stick with it if we're going to get you lessons and whatnot. So I sold my hunting rifle. I'll never forget. I went out uh, to my dad's for the weekend and essentially sold my hunting rifle back to my grandfather so I could get the money to go get an acoustic guitar. And so we did that on the way home, stopped at Target, bought this cheap uh, lion washburn guitar for like 130 bucks and then come home walking through the door with it. And my stepdad was like, ah, fuck, we got to get him lessons now. <laughs> so at the time uh, I was going to a private Christian school and the man uh, by the name of Dennis Kovac, he um, did the worship service and music every you know Sunday, and he started giving me lessons, and it, it just kind of took off from there, dude. Ever ever since, been a stone cold. Love playing all different kinds of different music, anything from acoustic, jazz, blues, uh, hard rock, metal, you know, anything and everything in between. I've always loved music, all different kinds. Oh, yeah, man, for sure. Uh, so, obviously, you started on guitar, but I, as I listened to my intro, uh, so you're mainly a vocalist now uh, for quite a few bands. So, uh, how was the transition uh, to becoming a vocalist? <laughs> uh, it was one of them things I always wanted to, always wanted to sing. I'll, like I said, I've always been a stone cold songwriter, um, and I always wanted to sing, but I didn't have the guts to get in front of people and do it in front of people. And I never took any kind of course or any had any kind of teaching or whatnot. 
So uh, yeah, played in several bands. Um, whenever Nine Stitch Method had started five five years ago, that's that's crazy to think about. Um, we'd started five years ago. Me and uh, Yeti, Josh Kolich, the guitarist. Um, we talked and whatnot, and we played shows together and whatnot. And we were like, let's kind of do some, you know, just for the hell of it, you know. And at the time, both of our bands were kind of dissolving and whatnot. And it started out, um, we recorded like a five, six track demo. We were super stoked on it. And it was kind of like, okay, like we did that. And then our bands broke up and Josh had been like, oh, I booked us a show. And I was like, what? And we went back to our demos and it was, it was God awful, dude. I had to, <laughs> it was like, my, like my, my first inclination was like, going back and listening like really really listening and be like why why are you doing this with me i'm freaking terrible so we um <laughs> re-recorded everything and we started playing as a two-piece and it was weird uh, a lot of people didn't like it i mean i'll be real with you we were terrible when we first started um <clears throat> but we just we were kind of like fuck it we're making it happen we're just gonna go with it we're liking what we're doing and it's kind of been this little snowball effect as time gone on we went from people in the pittsburgh scene kind of giving us shit like oh you guys can't do backtracks and this and that to where we have people coming up to us and they're like yo man like really digging what you're doing with the whole two-piece thing like how do you guys do it you know any tips for me i want to start doing something like that and in my which it's it's humbling but at the same time like i tell everybody just just form a band it's a lot easier <laughs> it's it's a lot of way i mean it is a lot of work in a lot of sense and it's like especially in a live setting like we really have to work and sometimes some gigs we get screwed you know because the sound guy just sucks or doesn't we've had guys fuck us over live just because the sound guy doesn't like what we're doing and he doesn't approve you know what i mean it's just one of them things but it's, you know, we always show up to gigs early, you know, we check out the sound situation, how we can go about it and how we can capitalize on it. But more, more often than not, you know, things are pretty good for the most part anymore. We've been doing it a while. It, it, it's always interesting, kind of fascinating to me, like why people be so petty to screw other people over. Uh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. We, we played, we played a show. It would have been, it would have been 2019. It was in October. I'll never forget it. Um, we were playing a small show. It was a, it was another one. It was a one man band, kind of akin to what Nine SM does. Um, his name was uh, to say I can't remember, can't remember his full name, but his project was called uh, Divine Era, and it was like Pantera, like modern, like Pantera Slipknot kind of type stuff. Dude could shred. Dude had a hell of a voice. He played guitar, sang, and he had his backtracks going, you know, with bass and drums and whatnot. And I'll never forget, we're playing in mid-set. I'm watching the sound guy. The He had his hand on the board, and he took the backtrack off. So it was just, And I was like, did we blow the monitor? What's going on? He's like, no, and he started turning it up. And the way it was set up, if I cut the mic and I stood in front of the one monitor right where he was with the board, if I screamed into it, crazy bad feedback so i made sure to light him the fuck up the rest of our set <laughs> you know? i mean some that hasn't happened in a minute you know that doesn't more often than not you know we're okay but yeah it's just you got to kind of roll with the punches and you know especially when you're doing some kind of weird with backtracks and whatnot you know it is what it is just got to flow with the 
love yeah, with it. Yeah, you, you, you definitely do. And unfortunately, there's going to be people like that. But um, yeah, it, it's it's cool. Like I, I've seen quite a few bands um, like that who just play with like backing tracks and only have like one or two members. I think it's always it's, it's always interesting. I, I always find it interesting because it's different. Um, but you, you also have to put on. I I think you have to put on a little bit more a little bit more of a better show or more of an entertaining show because you only have you have less people to work with less. Yeah. Yeah, you have like a big like I'll be real with you. Like when it comes to like we've we've had the pleasure of opening up from uh Soil um Hinder. Hinder, oddly enough, was a really good show for us considering how heavy we are. But uh we uh we just got done opening up for Attila last month. Um and you really do because it's just two of us on that big stage. And you really got to work with talking to the crowd. And like me, I always make faces and stuff. If as long as like the Attila show, there was actually a pit going during our set. I ran down off the stage and got in the pit and I was like, you know, it it was, it was crazy, Uh, but you really got to work that and you got to know how to do it. It, It's not something that happens just like that. I've seen other bands try and do what we do and, you know, not to be ignorant or anything, but it's like, no, that's not how you do it. <laughs> Get a full band. <laughs> but uh, honestly, like the shows that I love the most, I love them big national headlining shows and whatnot, opening for the bigger acts, but like dive bar shows where there's no stage, open floor. Everyone's just kind of crowded around you when I can get and spit and scream in your face. I fucking love that. That that always, the, those shows are the ones that always tend to be more memorable and fun for us. I definitely agree. Like I love, like I, I've gone to some big acts this year. It's been cool. Like I, I went to the first ever metal show at a hard at the Hard Rock Casino in Indiana. I thought that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like I, I've, I've been to mostly club and like smaller dive bar shows this year, mm-hmm. and they're just awesome. I think you know, obviously it, it's more um, more of an intimate setting because like the band's mm-hmm. right there, and usually the stage is like two feet tall or less, so there's no stage. Yeah. Uh, but I always have fun at those. Yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent, dude. It's just like you said. It's just it's easier to vibe. You know what I mean, and feel like you're part of it versus being separated by the divide and the barricade and whatnot. You know. Oh, definitely. I, I love when bands like get off the stage and interact with the crowd. I, I love that because it, it's just cool. It's it's not something you're going to see at a huge uh, event or like a national headlining show. Yeah, the, the like I said, the Attila show that was crazy because. There was a there was a relatively big stage. It wasn't super high, but there was a barricade. And what was nice about it was I could step from the stage on and on the back of the barricade there was like steps there, so I could actually step and stand on the barricade and move across. And I was able to like get down and whatnot, and like re- like people were. It was, yeah, it was it was a good show. It was a really you know it's like I said that that was probably one of my favorites for them kind of big bigger shows with the bigger acts and whatnot. But yeah, interacting with the crowd if I can is always a must. Oh, definitely, for sure. I mean, it's cool just for me, even just watching it, to see the band interact with the crowd. I always think it's something cool, and I, I and for, uh, sometimes you don't see as many bands doing that, so it's always cool when bands actually do that. Well, I mean, now, too, it's kind of one of them things with COVID. Like, oh, yeah. It's like, is it in good taste to get in people's – you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just because, obviously, there's a pandemic, contagious diseases and whatnot. And even in general, too, it's it's – it's fall going into winter. It's flu and cold season. You know what I mean? Even outside of COVID. So we do what we do. Got to put on a show. For sure. Uh, And as I kind of said in the intro, we're talking about nine stitch method, uh, the uh, band you're a part of, but I also want to touch about some of the other bands as well. As I Mm -hmm. said, you're a part of 
Uh, so Seed, I believe, uh, that's like your own kind of solo project, I want to say. Or is yeah, that- yeah. Um, yeah. I started I started Seed last year. Uh, that was kind of born out of the pandemic. Um, just because we we uh, I'm trying to remember it's if you know it feels like yesterday but it feels like it's been so long ago at the same time uh yeah when it we had the last show we played before the pandemic we played a horror con in um uh, Pittsburgh uh, it was a BBE sponsored show we played the horror con and we had plans to go on the road we were supposed to go up to New York and whatnot and all that kind of fell through you know what I'm saying and with Yeti's situation, like me and Yeti are about 45 minutes apart. It's really not that bad of a drive, but like he lives with his parents and his mom has a lot of health issues. So we were like, okay, we're going to put this down and, you know, until, you know, the things kind of pass, you know, then we'll pick it up. But I, I'm always, always doing something, always writing, always, you know, and I'd always wanted to go to do something more electronic based, uh, like Queens of the Queen of the Damned and whatnot. That was always my bread and butter growing up. I've wanted to do that kind of project forever. But whenever you're solo, you know, you don't have anybody else there to be like, that kind of sounds like shit. Like now. So it, it was it was weird kind of going from what I did with 9SM and going into that. And I've released a bunch of material through that project. Uh, it's been received relatively good. Uh, I've gotten to play a couple shows off of it this year. Got a pretty good response and whatnot. Um, last show I did with it was August. I opened up for King 810. Um, and that's probably the last show I'm going to do with it, just because I don't I don't get as much fun out of playing that stuff solo versus 9SM. So I had a really, really good show with that and probably just keeping it more or less a recording project at this point. <laughs> That makes sense. It's, I mean, it was cool. Obviously, with the pandemic, you're still obviously able to do stuff. I, I've talked to a few other old, uh, solo artists who are also part of other bands, and like, yeah, I just like doing my solo stuff for fun, just to put it out there to keep my yeah, mind yeah. You know, going. Yeah. But it's not something I really want to take to the stage. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like I said, the, the those shows I did were fun. Um, I played a really, really big house show, uh, back in May. Um, went out, traveled over to Ohio. That was actually my first show. Traveled out of state for it. Uh, did a couple other small shows. Then I ended it on King 810 and it, it felt like, like it had a really good set, got a pretty good crowd response. Like it felt like the right time to be like, all right, we're just going to focus on 9SM for live shows and whatnot. But I, it was more or less like some say like that I could do it, that I did it. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Plus, you had a really nice send off with the two that, you know, yeah. leave on a high note pretty much. Yeah. So, yeah, that's awesome. And uh, so, uh, also, an, another band I, I want to chat about because I know we, me and Zach, we're going to be featuring this on our November broadcast for First mm-hmm. Look Media. Uh, that is South Clarity. So I was talking to Zach about it. He did. He didn't have too much information for me about it. So I'm going to ask you. So uh, how did that project come together? Uh, South of Clarity's been around since 2018. Okay. I want to say uh, how that happened was I met Gus Wallner. Um, he is a producer, instrumentalist, musician out of uh, Brazil. Met him on Facebook. Um, him and I just started shooting the shit. I don't even know how it happened, but we. He had a YouTube channel and whatnot, and I was going through his channel, subscribing and checking him out, supporting him because he was really cool. And I was like, "Yo, like, you mind if like I if I jump on one of these tracks?" And he's like, "Do you have 
material of you recorded already? And I'm like, yeah. So I sent him over some non SM demos. And he was like, hell yeah, let's do some tunes. Um, and kind of the rest is history. Like from that, like on the nine, uh, on nine SM's material now, like Gus programs our drums. He plays our records, the bass and stuff for us. He mixes and masters. Um, whenever I ended up coming to take over brutal business entertainment, I brought him in, uh, as an in-house engineer and a partner business wise. Um, and th- th- we just put out our, we put out a full length earlier this year, uh, called beyond definition. And that was kind of like a sum of all the tracks we had done over the course of the last three years. And it is kind of like, I didn't want to put it out that way. Gus was adamant on it. Um, because to me, like as time has progressed, my voice has gotten better since we first started. So like, you know how it is, you always record something, you do something, you're like, I'm super proud. And later on down the line, you're like, uh, why, why did you, that's not how you do that. <laughs> but it's, it's a cool little time capsule. Um, we've got, got a lot of positive feedback on it and, you know, people liking the project and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, uh, Rive, our newest track, we put it out exclusively through the Brutal Business 2021 compilation. Uh, we're going to do a video and stuff eventually. And then I actually was just tinkering around with vocals for a new song that I got to ship over to him later on today. So, yeah, it's 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 a great project. Man. Like him and I, like I said, he works together on 9SM. He produces all my uh, seed stuff. Uh, we do that together. And a lot of times we have artists from Brutal Business come over here and record with me. And then he'll put the bells and whistles and finish mixing and mastering. It's a really good partnership, dude. He's an amazing human being, hardworking. Can't say enough good things about the man. Yeah, it definitely sounds really great. It's also cool how I, I, I believe, again, going off your interview with Zach, uh, you, you've actually never met in person. This has been truly uh, online. No. No, no, yeah, yeah. Like we've we've web chatted a bunch of times and whatnot. We talk to each other, you know, just about every day. Um, you know, it's funny too. It's like whenever we're drinking or partying or whatever, like we just send each other like drunk video clips and whatnot. And I will tell you what, the people in Brazil get down. Like every day is a block party, barbecue, chilling by the pool and shit. And like I don't know how they do it because like. They all, you know, like, got, like Gus, for example, Gus is a family man. He's got a wife. He's got two daughters. You know, he works for a, some kind of firm for a tech, uh, some kind of computer desk job or whatever, you know. But he does all that. He does all of his own stuff musically, be it me, other clientele, his own channel. And then he parties all the time. It's like it must be a different time continuum or something down there. It's crazy. <laughs> Absolutely nuts. They probably discover endless time. Like a time warp or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that that is all really awesome. Definitely uh, check out all the, the nine stitch method, C and South Clarity. Definitely check out all, all that out. Uh, as I said, we'll be featuring uh, South Clarity on the November broadcast. But a uh, big thing I want to chat with you about. So you are the owner of the record label Brew Business Entertainment. Yes. But uh, you didn't start out as the owner. So how did you get involved with Brew Business? <laughs> Well, I'm going to mute my phone real quick. My chat's blowing up. Um, it was kind of weird, dude. But, okay, so Brutal Business has been around since uh, 2011. It um, originally, Garrett Jagerman, a.k.a. the artist known as Skippy Ekum, started it, and it was this thing for many, many years. Uh, it was a primarily a hip-hop and horrorcore label. 
And they did a lot of cool shit, dude, opening up for like big acts like Tech Nine, Twisted. Um, what was it? Uh, was Shaggy? Yeah, Shaggy too dope in that. Yeah, they're ICP. Yeah, they opened up for like ICP and stuff like that. Um, and I had actually played a show. Well, 9SM had played a show with Skippy Ickum. Like, it was 2018, I want to say. We really didn't talk. Like, I knew of him, you know, throughout the scene and whatnot. Um, heard, you know, a lot of people talked about him and found out he owned this label. And it's kind of one of them things I started watching online. And, you know, and we weren't uh, 9SM's a new metal, deathcore band, metalcore, whatever you want to be. We're a hodgepodge of things. But it was kind of like we're this two piece band. They have like some heavy music over there, but it's primarily hip hop. It's dark. Uh, we really didn't necessarily fit, but we liked what they were doing as a collective. It was very, you know, help one, help all type deal. So we reached out and Garrett, we had a couple meetings and Garrett had us and it was kind of the rest is history we signed on it was very beginning of 2019 uh played a couple shows you know like bb you know is always throwing shows or whatnot you know uh kind of everybody we got to meet everybody that way they threw a show and they had us out you know and the rest is history dude um it was weird because i was very very involved right from the get-go i didn't necessarily try to be it's just that's just kind of always how i am um, but like, it kind of became like his secondhand man in a lot of ways. And as time went on going into 2020, Garrett had wanted to step down, put it up cause he'd had it for, you know, 10, 11 years at that point. Uh, and he wanted to pursue other things. He was him and his wife were having kids and whatnot. Um, he's very, very big into like the occult and different, uh, religions and whatnot. So he wanted to focus on his practices and stuff like that. And he hit me up and he was like, yo, I'm thinking of putting this down. I want to give you the keys to the kingdom. If you don't want it, I'm going to, you know, call it a day with brutal business. But if you want it, you can have it. And it was like, okay, like this is weird. And we talked a lot about it. And I think it was May of 2020, whenever we finally made it official and he stepped out, um, which is weird because it was weird going from a peer to a boss. And I couldn't have picked the worst friggin' time to come into trying to run a label <laughs> because at that point, like mostly like BBE got out from playing shows and whatnot, you know, and that was all taken away from us. And the other hard thing too, which kind of goes into where BBE is today is like I'm a metal and hard rock vocalist. I'm not a rapper. Um, in the hip hop world versus like the the rock and metal world are two totally different animals. So that's definitely been a struggle on my part um, because like things like we'll go with this. This is this podcast and you know online radio stations. You know I can throw a stone any which direction and find somebody to interview a rock or metal artist. But finding good coverage for hip hop. The, uh it's 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 t on a local level it is that's tough you know there's a lot of things i could do but it, it costs a lot of money a lot more than i got currently uh but yeah it's it's been interesting dude um i mean people have come people have gone uh we're I mean, we're sitting at a pretty i would like to think a pretty damn good place right now with the roster uh it's about 50 50 between you know the hip-hop and we got some um 
mainly everybody's based around the tri-state area up here. We got some guys that are like uh, Kaimo from the Marion Drain Project. Uh, he's out in Washington. We have Killinois and Sickfist. They're down in Texas and Florida and whatnot. Um, we have some people over in Ohio, too, the next state over. But we got a pretty good group of people here. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And just kind of learning more about your roster, obviously, with me working with Zach. Um, yeah. Which, thank you, by the way. We, uh, we, we greatly appreciate it. Uh, it, it was kind of cool how I met him. I met him through DI Records, who also you are good friends with as well. Um, Dakota put him in a chat with a few other podcasters, and uh, I was like, hey, if you ever need help with anything, just let me know. And he hit me up, kind of what's the ins and outs about stuff. So we started talking, and then a few months ago, he's like, hey, I want to I want to, I need a co-host. Are you interested? I'm like, sign me up. Let's do this. Yep. yep. So it, it's been awesome working with him. Uh, but yeah, that's how I discovered, obviously, more about brutal business. I heard about you guys, but never didn't really know too much about you until I started mm-hmm. working with him. Uh, but yeah, you guys got a very solid roster, I think. Thank you. Thank you very much. I think a big thing for us was um, not that there was bad quality before or anything like that, but like I wanted to make sure that there was more quality control making sure that everything was tight, every, you know, and like, you know, some people they're better performers than they are at recording and it goes vice versa too. But like we brought Gus in to kind of, and working with everybody to make sure that like we could get the best out of them going out, Uh, you know, and that's, if something's going out, it represents not only the artists themselves, but us, you know what I mean? You know? So, I mean, it's, it's been pretty cool to be a little bit more involved like that and what the artists are doing. I mean, they have free reign to do pretty much whatever they want, but uh, to take, take everything up an an extra notch in that way has been awesome to see and take seeing guys uh, step to the next level. Uh, A lot of my guys, we have some guys that are very green. We have guys that have been around the scene for a while, you know, so we kind of work with everybody and anyone in between. It's more of a, you get, you get out of it what you put into it, I guess, is a really good way to say. I, I for sure agree with that. And that really just applies to anything like my podcast, your music, anybody yeah. really. Um, you have to put you have to put the time and effort into it. You know, that's yeah, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. It's been this year has been for everything bad that has happened, something good has happened, vice versa. It's been a year of growth. Uh, year of bless- blessings and curses and whatnot. I think everybody's coming out of COVID, you know, we're everybody's different than before, you know, like the way we lived and the way we operated prior to 2020 was forever changed, you know? So it's been kind of like, what do we do now? Where do we go from here? So it's been a definitely a growing period and an awakening for everybody. I definitely agree with that. Uh, You got to take the good with the bad and keep going pretty much. I mean, that's that's what I've been doing with everything. But, yeah, definitely uh, definitely seen growth with you guys, definitely, just even in the last couple months of me knowing about you guys. I've definitely seen – you guys are definitely stepping stuff up. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's like like – I'll give you an example. This past week, um, we were supposed to – November 20th, we were supposed to have our uh, brutal Christmas show. And it was, uh, we teamed up with the Butler hip hop community. Yeah. Butler hip hop community. And it was, the show was a collaboration between BBE and ancient one entertainment, but, uh, with the 
Butler hip hop community, it was a veterans food drive. So we were, you know, raising awareness about that, getting donations and whatnot, and had a stacked up lineup for the show. And unfortunately, the uh, owner of the venue passed away. And right before Thanksgiving and the holidays, it's always a pain in the ass to try and reschedule something quickly like the X. Everywhere is booked up or, you know, uh, a lot of people aren't doing shows anymore because of COVID. So we kind of had to put a kaposh on the show for now, but we were still able to donate a bunch of stuff to the veterans food cupboard, which at the end of the day, that's really all that counts. We've always done charity work and stuff like that. Uh, We do the extra life uh, game streaming events every year that goes to the children's miracle network. Um, we've done shows in the past for different families that were in need, uh, humane society, stuff like that, dude. We always like to integrate that kind of stuff into it. You got to give back to the community. I, to. I definitely agree. With, you know, obviously you got to give back to the community. It's helped you out so much. I definitely, I definitely agree with that. And, um, yeah, I, I saw the, the I saw the show, and then I saw the post a few days you know, uh, a few days before the show that's been canceled. And but at least you said the the goal was to donate food to the veterans. And you guys yeah. were able to do that. It was it was terrible too because like everybody got sick. Like uh, I know Demo Demon got sick. He was like praying, like to get through it or something happened to where he didn't have to. He didn't want to drop off, but he, <laughs> I got sick. I've had this cold for like a week and a half now I'm on the tail end of it, but it's still uh Yeti. Yeti got an abscess tooth. Homie looked like he took a big pack of red man and just stuffed the whole package in his mouth. He was like, this, you know, it just, it was like, Holy crap, dude. <laughs> like what's going on. So I don't know. It is what it is. Like I said, you just got to roll with the punches. Life has a way of staring and navigating it whether you like it or not. I, I definitely agree with that. And before we talk about the new releases you got uh, coming up for Brutal Business, I got a, I got a question for you because I'm just curious. Okay. Uh, so go, going back a few years ago, if anyone said, hey, you're going to own a record label, what would be your reaction to that? I would have laughed. I, I would have laughed, and I never would have believed it. Honestly, if you'd have told me a couple of years ago, five, over five years ago that I was going to be a singer and that I was going to be working with people worldwide – uh, I, I would have laughed too because the singing thing hasn't been around very long and it's just weird knowing where I came from and not that I'm the best now, but I mean, w- what I'm doing now and working with now, or it's like, it's like, how did I get here? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I was just curious about it. Cause like, I know if anyone would have told me what I would have, the people I've worked with and what I've been doing now, I, I wouldn't have believed them. So yeah, I'm curious looking where like where you started to where you are now. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. It's, there's just times I'll be doing something and I'll be like, how did I get here? Why did I, you know, it just, it blows my mind. But it, like I, like we just said a little bit ago, life has a weird way of just kind of, you don't know, you don't know. You think, you know, but you don't know. <laughs> Yes, and, and if you think you're for sure, and it just there's nothing. Only thing for yeah, sure. And, and, yeah, it has. Yeah, it has a way of just taking the puzzle pieces and just shifting them around on you. <laughs> when you think you have all the answers, life changes the questions. Exactly. Very. very yes. Very. Very true. <laughs> all right. So, uh, some big releases uh, coming up for brutal business. Obviously, we have Marion Drain, Seed, and South of Clarity. So uh, can you expand a little bit about those uh, releases? What can people expect when they will be released? That kind of thing. 
Yeah, uh, Marion Drain. That's that's interesting. Um, so it was kind of one of them things that was birthed over COVID. Uh, I had met Kaimo. He's the uh, composer and mixing engineer and whatnot behind Marion Drain. Him and I had once again met on Facebook. I think it was in like a deathcore vocalist community page on Facebook. He's like, hey, I got this track. Does anybody want to collab and do vocals on it? And everyone was like, me, me, me. But nobody dropped any of their material, like what they do or, you know, what they sound like. And I obviously have five million projects. So dropped in some of what I thought was best. And it just kind of stuck, you know, him and I hit it off. He really liked it. Um, and we did the first song, Mutation. And that was all we pretty much did for last year. We kept talking about wanting to do more. And we just never got around to it. And starting at the beginning of 2021, we were like, all right, like, let's do something with this. So we have, uh, I believe the EP is coming out in December. Uh, That project is turning and taking a different route. This will probably be, I might feature on a couple tracks in the future here and there, but mainly Kaimo, because Kaimo is a talented vocalist in itself. Like, I didn't know the dude could sing at the time. And he went live on Facebook and he was doing karaoke. And I was like, why are you, why are you even working with me? <laughs> you know, but I, uh, he, he actually, he just, he played his first show this past weekend. I had a lot of success and whatnot with it going solo, doing the one man band thing. Um, but uh, out of the five songs, I, four out of five, I do lead vocal on the song. This promise he does the lead vocal with the new material he's working on, like I said, he's planning on playing shows and doing that. He's pretty much going to be taking the reins and going with it from there, which is pretty cool to see in itself. Cause like I said, I was like, you're talented. You need to be doing this. Like you don't need me. So he's really taking the ball and running with it. I'm really, really proud of how the EPs turned out. It's some of my favorite songs that I've gotten to record over the last couple of years. Uh, so that, that's, that's exciting. Um, South of Clarity, like I said, we have our new single Rive out on the uh, Brutal Business 2021 mixtape, uh, Songs of an Unconventional Helm. We'll be releasing that on all streaming platforms here soon. We have more songs in the works. Uh, C's. Let me see here. I, I know next weekend, because I it's been a crazy, crazy busy year. I've had been on a mess ton of features and fortunate enough to work with people around the Pittsburgh area to people on the other side of the globe. Uh, I'm putting out a free mixtape free for download featuring some of my favorite collabs and features on all the different projects I've had this year. And uh, that'll be called lucid, a collection of thoughts out amongst the ether that'll be dropping next weekend. Uh, It'll have some unreleased seeth tracks uh, from this year. Uh, a cover and like I said, a bunch of features and collabs I've been fortunate enough to be a part of. And then a couple weeks after that, my new EP, uh, Nihilist Meet Optimist, Optimist Meet Nihilist, uh, that'll be dropping middle of December. Um, which I'm pretty stoked about that because for the artwork, we had the Babes of Brutal Business uh, do the poses and whatnot for the artwork. So it was nice to get them involved and stuff too. But I'm, I'm pretty stoked on that EP. I feel it's my most solid work as a cohesive project of like what I always imagined sees to be. I feel it's kind of sets the mark for where I need to be in the future with it. So 
pretty damn excited and proud of it. Uh, it's dark, it's heavy, but there's, you know, some melody and whatnot and crazy electronic chaos and shit. So yeah, that's going to be good. Um, nine SM, we are working on an EP. Uh, we got some pretty, we're planning on hitting the road and whatnot, uh, come 2022. Uh, we got some other cool things up our sleeves, but we're kind of laying low and just recording and making sure everything's perfect and stuff. So 2022 will be hitting the ground pretty hard and heavy with that. But definitely look forward to all those releases sound really awesome, especially with everything coming out. I definitely look forward to listening to see that. I haven't listened to too much of it uh, right now, but I definitely look forward to hearing the uh, new P- EP when that drops. Marion Drain is awesome. I think we were, I, me and Zach featuring this song, I believe, on our November broadcast with that. I think uh, I think you guys are including Swept Away on that. I believe that's correct. Right. Uh, I, just like you, I have so many projects I'm working on that it's like, I know that name sounds familiar. I just can't get yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's I, in the, hard, the hardest thing, like I said, I've been very blessed with being able to work with so many talented people, but it gets to a point it's like, I have like all these projects going on. How do I keep everything straight and promoting and whatnot? It's just yeah, glutton, for punishment, dude. glutton for punishment. I feel you on that. And to me, like, it's like, I can do the projects. Like I, I love doing that. But like the stuff I sometimes forget about that I'm trying to do better with is like the social media sides. Like I did this awesome project. Now I have to tell everybody I did this awesome yeah. project kind of yeah. thing. And, and like it, like anything in life, you know, to properly do it, you have to spend money. So it's like, <sighs> yes, I agree with that. Oh man. But it is what it is though. Yeah, definitely for sure. But uh, something you touched on, I I'd just like to expand. So the babes of brutal business, anyone not familiar with that? Uh, what, what is that? Uh, what, um, what do they do? Uh, sorry about that okay so the babes of brutal business is our modeling division um currently my wife rebecca mcelravy uh she actually runs that uh helps manage it and whatnot um comprised of we have six models um we have layla page crazy kitty drew lux stingray uh cassandra von creep and wildcard 666 um and all extremely not just beautiful. I mean, obviously, you know, modeling, yes, but I mean, extremely creative and just very strong women. And it's pretty, when I, whenever I first got the label, that was probably the most daunting task. Being a man, never having anything to do with modeling or how to run a modeling division and whatnot, and coming into it with, you know, five, six very strong, independent, creative women. Um, and it, it got to the point We've had, like I said, we've had, we just in general with the roster, we've had people come, we've had people go, but like right away, I was like, I am in over my head. I don't know what I'm doing. We don't. So we kind of, my wife stepped in and she kind of took over it and she's done a pretty damn guy. I can't compare to what it was. This is probably the best the modeling division has looked ever. Like that's one thing I'm very, very proud of that we have done just the girls having content to put out and just in general, the quality of photos and stuff that they do. Um, some of them have been in music videos. Yeah. They've been in a couple of music video projects. Uh, one of them, Cassandra Von Creep, she's in a horror movie that's coming out. 
um, called Fucked Rock, Paper, Scissors. Uh, that'll be coming out, I believe, in 2022. Um, Wildcard 666, she runs the uh, company um, Nightmares and Dreams Photography. She runs an e-zine and whatnot with that, too. Uh, yeah, no, just always stuff, dude. Uh, and that's the thing, too. It's cool about Brutal Business is, like, people aren't just game streamers or models or just musicians. Like, everybody... Almost everybody has some sort of side hustle. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's just so talented and so innovative. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's, it's a great group of people to work with, man. I'm truly blessed. We might not always get along, might not always see eye to eye, but like, it's a great group of people to work with for sure, dude. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. I you know, obviously I've checked out your other pages as well and everything. And it, it's all, it's cool. It's really cool. What everything you're doing, as you said, it's not just, music gaming or modeling it's like you guys all come together to form some really cool projects too yeah yeah like we have like i said we have multiple people that do photography graphic design videography uh you know not just like recording music but we have audio engineers um we have people that work in promotional companies and stuff we have people that write uh it's just a bit of everything dude it's crazy uh because like uh, Cassandra Von Creep, she, how we met her, that horror con that I mentioned that we played last year, we actually met her. She was a vendor. She has her own jewelry line and like, that's her, that's her main bread and butter is, you know, making jewelry and whatnot, you know, like dark aesthetics and whatnot, dude. It's just, it's, it's crazy, dude. They're totally amazingly talented bunch. Definitely for sure. And uh, as I kind of wrap up this interview, it's got a few quick things. So I, I'm kind of curious. So like, obviously you are a musician, but you're also owner of a record label. So like, what's some advice for uh, up and coming musicians, like musically and kind of like business wise as well? Um, a big thing is always roll hard in the yard and be professional. When you think you've done enough, you haven't done enough. And a big thing and this is no disrespect to anybody that might watch this, but like a huge thing that gets them grinds my gears is whenever somebody just drops a link in my messenger, they're like, Hey, check out my SoundCloud single. And it's like, no dude, like you have to be person. Like you gotta be personable and you gotta be professional. And especially for the musicians, like, and this is something that I've learned the hard way over the years. And I can't stress this enough. If you're starting up a project, if you're starting up a band, Always make sure you have a decent product going out that's going to represent you. Don't record something on your iPhone and, you know, that's like live you guys playing in your basement and put it out. No, like take in with the technology we have nowadays, you know, there's there's a lot of things you can do that'll sound decent, sound good on a budget. But make sure you, you put out something good that represents you. Don't be a tr uh, – what's, what's the – patience you can't take away the work and whatnot of a slow but steady grind you know nobody every now and then like you'll have somebody like zach zach just did an interview with a band that became famous overnight because of their song catching on tiktok you know stuff like that happens but more often than not no you know um always be professional with your peers uh always support you know, try to share other people's stuff, you know, try to just mingle and network and connect. Um, and don't break the rule of the universe. Don't be a dick. You know, do one to others as you would have done to you. That's how I 
that's how I roll in this business. I definitely agree with that. Uh, with, with everything you said, because like uh, I, I big uh, pet peeve I have is that people just send me links, like no context, just here's a link in my email or inbox or whatever. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't know who you are. I don't know anything about you. I don't know your band. I don't have any information. So that's why like when people send me like a well-written email, I usually respond very quickly because like they took the time to yeah. write everything out. They attached everything, pictures, links, uh, the track. Sometimes people, I, I don't know if people don't understand like for to get radio play, I need more than a YouTube link. I need the actual yeah. physical track to put well, in my, in my comes It comes down to it too because you and I are in the same situation where we have these people – they have their goals. They have this craft and art that they're doing. But we get, we get hit with people all the time from all over. And it comes down to the point like, I have a bunch of people in my inbox. Why should I care about you? Exactly. And you know what I mean? And a long, a, some professional and cordial etiquette goes a long way, dude. And that's something that a lot of people, unfortunately, miss nowadays. And that's why nobody ends up fucking with their material and they get mad and they whine and complain on Facebook. And it's like, take a step back, look around and see what are you doing wrong? You know what I mean? It's just, you got to learn. You got to start from somewhere. You know what I'm saying? It takes time. Oh, I, I, I definitely agree with that. And um, so it, <laughs> one real, real quick thing, I'll move on. I've, I've had two people do this to me this week and I don't know if it's a trend, but they'll email me. And then they'll like five minutes later message uh, my Instagram to say if they got my email. It's like I haven't even looked at anything yet. Like I was out to lunch. Like I was. I haven't even checked my email. I'll, I'll be. I'll be. I'll, I'm, I can be guilty of that, but I, I don't go about it in quite that kind of fashion because everybody, everybody has email. Most people have Facebook. Most people have Instagram. Yeah. Yada yada. And everybody has their one that they mainly keep tabs on. So like, say for example, like I think I emailed you. I like. If I email you a couple days later, <clears throat> I might send the same message to your Facebook or then I might send it to you. You know what I mean? Like just because maybe they didn't get that or maybe they didn't check it. Maybe it went, you know, but like I, I try not, I try to space it out a little bit. Yeah. I don't, you mind, I don't mind being spaced out, but like it was literally like I got the email and then I got a message on Instagram and it's like, slow down a little bit, man. I just, yeah. I mean, Anything. Yeah, yeah, cause, yeah. It's just because there's there's time because like I've worked in the promotional side of the industry too, you know. And it's one of them things you get bombarded. Sometimes shit get past you. You know what I mean? You know, it's good to follow up, but like I have a little bit of etiquette and patience. You know what I'm saying? Patience goes a long way with stuff. Uh, some I found out like I've met a bunch of different podcasters and like radio station uh, personalities and whatever, and. It's always kind of weird. Like most of them, I don't, I don't know why it must be a podcasting or radio station thing, but they're not very super nice. Like I've tried talking to them kind of like, you know, Hey, how do you, you know, kind of just even just talking about them or like their station or just kind of how'd you get started or whatever. And uh, it's always interesting. So like um, I've done interviews with people and they're like, yo, you're like some of the nicest, you know, like one of the nicest interviewers I've ever been. I like, I just try to be, you know, humane to everybody and nice. It's not, it shouldn't be hard. It, well, it, when, okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to sound like a prick for what I'm about to say. I totally, when I stepped into the PR side of things, um, 
that was a question. That was something I always thought. And I was like, I don't understand why people get so, eh, and why they get jaded. But I'll, I'll, be, I'll be real with you, dude. And being a label head, I'm not talking shit on anybody. It's just, it is what it is. Musicians can be a pain in the ass to work with. Not, you know, sometimes maybe like their intentions are good, but their follow through is lacking. You know, maybe they're just kind of sloppy about stuff. Maybe they're just egotistical when they're just like, like me, 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 I'm important. Like you need to focus on me now. Fuck whatever you got going on. You know, it, it, there's, there's some days I'm just like, Oh my God, <laughs> you know, and, and that, that's not even necessarily, like I said, like not even necessarily my guys, it, stuff happens with them that sometimes I'm just like, ah, but no, just in, in, in general, creative type people just see, are very fickle. They're very, you know, they, they have their goals and whatnot and they don't care. They're, you know, they're just like, this is what I'm working on and I'm trying to conquer this. But it, at, on, from our end of things, we're so spread out and it, you know, with what we have going on, you know, like you're, you, I like, for example, the other day you were like in December, like I'm already trying to get my December s- schedule lined up, you know, just stuff like that. But it, it's just, it, it can be very, very hard. And, you know, it, 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 it can, it's not always nice being on this side of the thing. No, I've, I've definitely run into people who make me question why I do this, but it's, yeah, um, but it's the good, it's the good ones. It, you know, the good ones always make it, you know, they oh. kind of bring you back and they're like, this is why I'm doing this. Yeah, no, definitely. And like what you're saying, like I've, I try to always plan stuff out ahead of time. That's why like, obviously I'm already, it's end of November, but I'm also planning out December because it's like, well, the end of season's coming up. I can't accept any more, you know, as many interviews right now because I'm trying to wrap everything up. Yep. So that's kind of why I have to plan out so much that I don't overbook is pretty mm-hmm. much that's why I do it. But yeah, there's some people who like I've run into who are like, Hey, got to do an interview this week. That's the only time available. And it's like, well, I'm sorry. That's just, you know, I, I can't do it, but I've definitely run into people like that. But I always, I always just try to make it up just by being, you know, the most nice person I can with given the situation and giving depending on how they approach me, I guess I should say. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but it's always interesting. Like I know obviously Zach, he's a great guy. I've worked with some other podcasts. I've been guests on podcasts and there's definitely a lot of great people out there, but it's always, uh, you know, running into the other people. It just doesn't uh, reflect podcasts or radio station. I think. Yes. No, I feel it dude. 100%. I understand. Uh, But as I wrap up this interview, so anyone's interested, where can they check out uh, brutal business, uh, nine decision methods, seed and South of clarity online. Uh, Brutal business. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram uh, at team brutal business.com. Nine stitch method. We're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all major streaming platforms. Um, South of clarity. We're on Facebook. I don't think we, no, we don't have an Instagram. Uh, yeah. Uh, YouTube, Mary and drain. Uh, we have a couple singles out, uh, but we're, we'll be releasing, um, our debut EP, uh, come next month at some point in December. Um, be sure to check out, uh, you think music, uh, like I said, Gus does, that's his recording business and whatnot. You know, he works heavily with us and in a lot of my projects and with brutal business entertainment. Uh, so you think music, the babes of brutal business, um, you can find all of their stuff on Facebook, Instagram and whatnot. Uh, we have the gruesome gazette, 
which is a online easing based around horror movies and horror cons and whatnot. You know, um, we have the game streaming team. Uh, we do that as well. We host multiple uh, charity events through that throughout the year. Yeah, Facebook right now is kind of the main hub and, and Instagram. Um, and I think that's pretty much about it. I'm, I'm going to leave uh, quite a few of those links in the description of this podcast. Make sure to check that out as well. Um, last thing before we go. So uh, what are the plans for 2022? It's already November of 2020, uh, 2021. So what's kind of the plans for next year? The plan for next year, that's, that's hard to say. Uh, we've done a lot. Uh, the, my plan is, is to hit the road with nine stitch method to get out there. Um, done a lot of freelance work and features over the course of 2021. Um, keep that going as well. Uh, want to set up more, uh, host more brutal business shows, you know, bring other acts and whatnot on that aren't BBE, you know, uh, do more of that. Um, Nine SM and C's were fortunate enough to get on a in a book surrounding the whole new metal genre, so that was pretty cool. Maybe see something like that next year. I don't know. Uh, we're in the process of working on a uh, movie soundtrack with somebody from down in Texas, so that'll be pretty cool. We'll have that coming out in 2022, featuring myself and a couple other BBE artists. So that's great. Um, but yeah, man, it's just kind of. Come whatever may, we'll see. Hey, dude, I like it. Definitely look forward to seeing uh, what uh, 2022 brings for Brutal Business and all the bands you you know work with and are part of. So please check out Stream Support, Nine uh, uh, Stitch Method, C, South of Clarity. Make sure to check out Brutal Business. All the links will be in the description. Patrick, thank you so much for hanging out with me here on Super Cool Radio. Thank you very much for ha- having me on, dude. It's it's been great. Talking any time of the day, brother. Oh yeah, dude, for sure. For Patrick and Brutal Business, I am your host as always, Matthew Thomas. Thank you so much for watching and listening to Super Cool Radio. Stay frosty.